It's time for the Greg Campy Show, presented by RJ's Pub. Let's go live to RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here's Coach Campy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Greg Campy Show. We are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. Happy to have you all with us tonight. Remember, you can get involved on the show. Go to Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. Get your questions in there. Those are starting to trickle in. Coach, how are you? Yeah, it's a tough weekend. Uh, you know, usually when you go to Wisconsin and you come home with a split, you're pretty happy. But not this year. You know, we had an opportunity to win both games. Uh, we defended extremely well the opening night at Green Bay. Um, we didn't, when we substituted late in the game, the guys that were on the floor didn't have a very good showing we gave up i think 14 points in two minutes otherwise the team we were playing you know green bay would have only been in 34 35 points which was pretty amazing uh, defense for the game and i know they're struggling as a team but still you hold a division one basketball team to 34 points with two minutes going to the game you've you've guarded and then we parlayed that into saturday <laughs> excuse me where we came out and we probably had our best offensive half of the year in the first half, had put 50 points on the board on the road is, is pretty amazing. Had a 10-point lead, got it to 12 uh, in the second half, and then we couldn't hold on. You know, the last five minutes of the game, Keaton made a three to put us up four with four minutes and 40 seconds, I think, to go in the game, and, and we didn't score again. And although we guarded extremely well, we only gave up four points in that time. We had multiple shot opportunities we probably had more offensive rebounds in the last four minutes of that game than we have in a, you know, a half all year. Um, we got time after time. We got open looks. We, we shot four air balls, uh, missed a point-blank layup with a minute to go in the game that obviously would have been the game winner if it went in. It just, just missed it. Um, but we handled it. We, didn't, we kept battling. We kept fighting. Got into the overtime, scored first, and then we made a mental mistake. I mean, we... They got the tip. We had a, they, uh, we got a stop. The ball hit us and went out of bounds. They got another stop. Uh, came down, scored to take the lead, and then they went down. And uh, the guy's supposed to be at the high post forgot for some reason. Forgot he's supposed to be in that spot of the zone. They threw it in there, and the guy caught it and laid it in. Trey couldn't guard him because he had four fouls. And uh, didn't know we wouldn't score again, even though they only scored one more basket. That was enough to win. So. It was a really disappointing loss for us because Milwaukee, obviously, they're tied for first. It would have, uh, that win, we would have been sitting here today after what happened Sunday in the league thinking, well, we can still win the championship. And uh, now we're trying to figure out how we're going to get in the top four. Uh, so it was a really frustrating, disappointing loss, especially when you play as good as we played. We really played a good basketball game against a good team, and we couldn't win it. Yeah, especially too, but that it's just a shame to see that first half go away with what we did offensively in terms of shooting the basketball, seven of ten from behind the three point line in, in the first half. That that is really what stings about it too. When you talk about playing well and you don't cash in, because it's hard to play well on the road. It's really hard to play well on the road at the at the league leader, you know, team in second place in the league. It, it it's hard to do that. Well, we played extremely well at Youngstown and at Milwaukee and they're tied for first. And we lost both games, and that's not a that's not a good sign. Yeah, you know, if we played that well, and they were both good enough on the road to find a way to beat us. So, um, you know, fortunately, we, we 
I hope we're in a position that we won't play either one of them uh, on the road in the conference tournament, that if we get either one of them next time, it'll be at a neutral site. And, and if we can play that well at a neutral site, we should be able to win that game. Uh, and again, we shot the ball. You know, we don't shoot it real well, and when we have nights that we do make it, you want to cash in on it, and we didn't. Uh, Greg Hessen back in our 1270 The Bet studios, and the Greg Campy Show is brought to you by Henry Ford Sports Medicine, the official team physicians for Oakland University and you. For more info, visit henryford.com backslash athletes. In camp, only four games left, four home games left, and that's it. And that's, that's the wild thing about the college basketball season. It it feels like a grind, and then all of a sudden it's almost over. It's, a, it's like it happens overnight. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, the, the other thing on this this year that's, that's weird is the weather. You know, usually on February 13th, it's, you know, the coldest of the year. And I was out in shorts yesterday walking. I mean, it's, it's crazy because usually when the weather gets like this, we're accustomed to, okay, this is tournament time. It's March, the weather's changing. And, you know, we're still a couple of weeks away from that. And, and so the realization that, you know, Jalen's going to – I told him today you've got – you know, we've got five home games left, the four that you're going to play for the regular season. And we're going – as long as we win Wednesday, we should be in a position to – even if we don't get to buy, we'll get a home game in the first round and then we'll go to, you know, a one, two, three, four seed. Uh, so they've they've got five home games left. Um, you know this is all you have left, and you know got to he and Keaton. This is it. So you got to make the most of this next two weeks. No, no question about that as well. And, and were guys you are starting to feel there? Were you What's even, up? Were you even listening? No, to I was me listening. Oh, okay. It is. There's no question about little, it. Camp. It's the end. All the people in there driving their cars were probably wondering if something happened to their radio because they kind of got a dead pause there. You were expecting my mouth to keep going. Huh? Did you say something? Yeah. <laughs> you, oh, you, you're done talking? Yes. Oh, no. I, I know I don't cut it off that fast usually. <laughs> no, no. I was just playing around with some of the, with some of the audio stuff. But, but, but you are exactly right. I, it, it, it is incredible, man. Like when we, when we landed back from Milwaukee, I, w I was thinking about that when we were, when we were landing. Four home games left, and that's it. So, I mean, it, it is. It, it's go time, IUPUI Wednesday. Uh, Detroit Mercy, the Metro Series continues on Friday as well. Love to see everybody out there. Huge, huge game that'll be presented by the Detroit Sports Commission. So uh, obviously we want to see everybody out there uh, for the rest of the season, no question about that, but certainly want to see everybody out there on Friday as well. And we'll take a look ahead to those games coming up in the last segment of the show. Women's basketball coach Jeff Tungate will join us here as well in the second hour, or the second segment of the show, excuse me. Second and, hour? Second hour, yeah. Well, Jeff Tungate's here. We got an expanded, <laughs> we got an expanded show. You yeah, know, but, well, second hour, right? <laughs> uh, before we go to break, though, yes. uh, is there anybody in here that would be interested in a free drink with vodka? <laughs> if you are, I'm purchasing because we've got a vodka that they're trying out here called Eight Mile Vodka. Put your all right. Anybody else? Okay, uh, we'll get Russ get Russ in here and or uh, one of, either one of them. A new vodka called Eight Mile Vodka. I don't know if it's really new, but it's being—it's new to me because some people I know uh, are the ones that are out trying to get it out in the real world. And uh, I told them that I would go on my show, and you know, because we are the most listened to show on this station at this time, at this time, and because this place is normally full with people that 
I said to him, I don't think there's a lot of vodka drinkers in this room, but if there are, we'll get them. So we're going to try that. So whoever wants one, set it up for them. Yeah. And, and uh, the dude's buying. Okay. Tungate, you can't, though, because you're coming on the air. <laughs> you're, you're working right now. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, where, were we, where are we going to go from there? That, that, that is the question. Well, I thought we were going to commercial. No, we still, oh. yeah, we, we still, we still got a few minutes left. Uh, it, we still got a few minutes left in this segment. No, I did want to ask you this, though, Camp. I mean, just, just from your chair and if you knew the answer to this, because uh, we were actually – I was talking about it with Jeff Tungate a, a few minutes before we went on air. The, the swing in a game where you are 7 for 10 from 3, and then I, I think we were, what, 3 of three of 18 in the second half? 3 of 15. 3 of 15 Don't it was. Don't overdo it. Sorry. Uh, the, the swings in the game, I mean, how – and we see it all the time, right? Like you can almost well, bank on it. Yeah, I think that what happens – and I'm a fan too. I have teams that I really want to win. Not as bad as I want Oakland to win, but – I think what we do is we just get focused on our team, our fandom, our how can this happen. It happens every day. How, how, how do you think Cleveland State felt last Saturday at our place? How do you think Michigan fans felt at the end of their game, uh, Purdue yesterday? Uh, it happens daily in college basketball, the, the swing of a game. And, and we knew going into Milwaukee, one of, the, one of our big scouting report uh, points was they play in spurts and I gave them the example of they had Detroit by 19 at halftime two nights before we played them Detroit actually came back and took the lead a week ago they were at Northern Kentucky they were down 20 at halftime they won the game at Northern Kentucky by two they're a team that competes in spurts and a lot of it is their press now against us the press doesn't hurt because I got Jalen Moore right. at no point in that game did their press hurt us? And at no point in that game did they press the way they pressed. The no, the no, at no point did they come hard with the hard double team on the inbounds pass because they knew that Jalen could beat it and, and we would get up and score. So usually their swings are because of pressing. Uh, their swing against us really wasn't a swing. They consistently pretty much played offense the same. They had a little spurt at the end of the half, which I thought was critical. Um, that their, their best player got away from us in transition and made a three, and we had shut him down. Um, but their spurts were because of our poor offense. We, I mean, we played offense way better than we're probably capable in the first half, and we played offense in the second half way worse than we're probably capable. And that's more than anything is what cost the uh, – the, uh, they're getting shots of it, I was thinking. <laughs> Man, you're a lot hardcore than I thought. I was thinking you'd put it with, you know, rum or Coke or something. I think, I think you I mean, undersold their audience. Yeah, I camp. must have, man. I'm, I see everybody's head going back right now. I mean, geez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. Camp, Usually, don't you, drink vodka, don't you drink vodka with – I'm not a drinker. I'm sorry, so I don't know. But I, when I have people at my place, I usually have – from now on, I'm going to have eight mile instead eight. of Tito's. But – I have eight mile vodka and you know like soda and diet coke and Verners and things like that. Isn't that how you normally drink this? Not you... this crowd. No. Yeah, these guys are different. Yeah. At the Greg Campy show, okay. we're, a show we're a show. Of the I'm people. learning things tonight, <laughs> man. 
<laughs> we're, we're a show of the people. Now I had a great question that I, now I forgot what it was. So I guess it wasn't going to be that great. But no, we're just we're talking about we're you know, talking about runs. Yeah, we're talking about runs and, and the dynamic of runs and things like that. And camp the the second going into the second half, right at the end of, right at the end of the first half, that that seems as though that's been kind of a theme this year for for us where where we've had some issues with that from we've, time to time. We've had some really bad end of halves and starts of second half. The Michigan State game is a per- I mean, we're we're playing. We got a chance to win at Michigan State, and and uh, they they scored 38 points outside the last two minutes of the first half and first four minutes outside those six minutes. They only scored 38 points in the game, right? In the Breslin Center, and so we've talked about it, and you know we've worked that we talked about it with our, our team Saturday in Milwaukee, and they didn't really. I mean. The first media timeout, they won by one. The second media timeout was a tie. It was from the seven-minute mark down to about the four-minute mark is where they cut. It was 71-62, and I think they got it to 72-70. Right. And that when Keaton hit, no, 72-71 when Keaton hit the three to put us up four. So it, it, it was a slow erosion. It, again, it wasn't a run by them. One spot they really hurt us when they did make the comeback was where we get beat every, you know, we look at every game we lose and we can see we got beat on the glass. Um, we did a wonderful job of rebounding and then it just broke down for about a five-minute period. And that could be because we got a little tired. Uh, I, I, I'm not really buying that, but it, if you, you know, you got to analyze every piece of it. And maybe we were a little tired. Maybe we didn't, you know, have the juice to rebound. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy that because we had to just defend. So if we're defending as hard as we were defending, how can you not rebound too? But maybe the ball just bounced their way for a three there or is There is something to that camp because I, I even brought it up during the broadcast at one time because I had mentioned the fact that in the rebounding war, you know, we were we were winning the rebounding war. And I remember in particular, they got an offensive rebound of a three-point shot that grazed the rim that went to the only spot that one of their players had occupied. That was it. We had three other guys around the room. If it goes and, anywhere else. And Blake was checking him out, but because it was an air ball, it didn't hit the rim and bounce. Right. So Blake had him sealed, but it went right to him, and he laid it in. And that was a ba- that was a key basket because it cut it from six to four. Yeah, and, and that's not an effort thing. That's not a technique right. thing. That's You can't cover every square inch right. of the court when you're going to rebound the basketball. Luck right. does play a factor from time to time. It's crazy, too, how often an air ball – is offensive rebounded. I mean, we shot four of them down the stretch, and we rebounded three of the four. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's it's crazy how often you get a team to shoot a bad shot, shoot an air ball, but your technique and your fundamentals of rebounding and checking out don't play into air balls because you're not expecting them. Right. I have a quick question for you, Camp. I talk about this a lot during the broadcast, too, because it happened in the Milwaukee game. The, the possession arrow. Where do you stand the possession arrow? Because I, I don't like the fact that sometimes you get penalized for good defense, i.e. they get to rebound the basketball from underneath the basket. In, in essence, you're penalized for good defense there because that's a more advantageous spot to be in if you go by the percentages. Why, do, why don't we jump it up in college? Um, you know, the, that came in a while ago now, and it was basically referees do not like the jump ball. And honestly, if you really analyze and watch the jump ball, they're terrible. They at do it. struggle. I mean, it is. I, I even, 
I even joked, it was a couple games ago, I even joked to one of the officials after it was thrown up, I, the guy that came by, I go, geez, he almost did that right. And he just smiled at me, you know, that they're just so bad at it. That, and that's why the overtime thing is, you know, you're hoping that they're bad at it for you at that particular time. Um, if I had Keith Benson, you know, every year, I would want to be able to have a jump ball for everything because we would always get it. Right. You know, but I... I it, it's more frustrating watching the bad tosses and, it, and if it happened at a key critical time, at least you can coach the arrow. You can, uh, you know, you can, you, like when we get into the last eight minutes of games, uh, I have a person who's assigned to come in the timeout and look at the team and say, we have this many timeouts. And since I never use any, we have most of them. Right. Um, we have this many timeouts left and the arrow's ours. Or we have this many timeouts left and the arrow's there. So they know. You know, and Keaton at Robert Morris, ball was uh, on the ground, and the guy was trying to tie it up with him, and he, he called timeout. Maybe seven minutes to go in the game. And he got up and he came over the bench, and he thought I was going to scream and yell at him because the possession arrow was ours and he called the time he panicked and forgot that the possession arrow was ours mm -hmm. and he should have just let the, that go so we have the time out so we try and make them aware of it we try and coach it um i think everybody probably does we're not special by doing that but it's you know it's something that uh it's something that i think is the best way to do it right now just because just watch just watch the beginning of games watch the tosses i mean they're uh, they're, they're horrendous, you know. And some officials have gotten hurt uh, because they go, those guys are so big, they come down with their elbow, hit them right in the face and things like that. So I, I think that's really the reason. The interesting thing will be if, if the men ever change the rule that the women have that on a timeout you can move the ball to the front court at the end of a game. You know, that's the one rule I'm waiting to see if they're, they're going to take from the women's game and move it to the men's game. Well, speaking of the women's game, we'll be joined. How about that for a segue? Hey. Thanks, Camp. Thanks for helping me out there. Yeah. Well, um, you need it, buddy. I know. Absolutely. When we come back, I'll be joined by Jeff Tungate, the head women's coach here at Oakland University. Don't forget to ask Campy as well. Get those tweets in with the hashtag Ask Campy. We'll get to those coming up in the third segment. We'll be right back with more of the Greg Campy Show live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. You don't have to play for the Pistons to be treated by the same doctors who keep the team at their best. I can't dunk in size 18 sneakers, but I can play 18 holes. I don't box out defenders in mesh shorts, but my hip is back in the game. I'm not a Piston, but I'm running on all cylinders after back surgery. I am Henry. I am Henry. Henry Ford Health, official team physicians of the Detroit Pistons. And you. Visit henryford.com slash teamdocs. Here in Michigan, we're used to keeping ourselves busy all winter long. Whether that's enjoying mugs of hot chocolate by the fireplace or a late night of movie watching. And at DTE, we want to help keep that winter fun going while saving you money. With our online interactive home, you can find ways to save throughout yours, from your kitchen to your living room. Stay cozy and save. Head to DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. With OU Credit Union's Visa Signature Credit Card, you'll enjoy more cash back on the things you buy most. Receive 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. You'll also receive $100 when you spend $5,000 within the first three months of card approval. 
Open your Visa Signature Card today at OUCreditUnion.org and start enjoying the benefits of more cash back. Full details at OUCreditUnion.org. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome back to RJ's Pub here in Rochester Hills. It is the Greg Campy Show. We are back in effect. And the Greg Campy Show brought to you in part by the Pino Insurance Agency, LLC of Mimic Insurance. They cater to the educational market. If you're looking for affordable insurance and a knowledgeable insurance agency, go online to pinoinsurance.com today, P-I-N-O insurance.com today. Right now, as promised, we're joined by the head coach of the women's basketball team here at Oakland. He is Jeff Tungate. Jeff, appreciate you taking some time and coming through. Welcome. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate you having me. All I know is this. The last three weeks we've had, there's nobody in this room that needs that eight-mile vodka more than me. <laughs> I, I, I was looking low-key to see if your hand was up over there on, on the side. I, did, Co- I didn't coach notice. Told, coach told me I couldn't do it, so yeah. I, I have to listen. You have to listen to what, to what Coach says. Um, and, and we're going to get into your season and everything like that and, and what you guys have going on. Uh, right now, but but I want to ask you because it's a great segue as as uh, Coach Campy talked about. He mentioned that the rule changes that came about a few years ago with the women's basketball game. You guys are more in that NBA model. You have the four quarters. You have the ability to advance the ball after timeouts and those kinds of things. Now, a lot of people in this room know. I, I'm sure you know you came from the Oakland men's program a, as well. Had a lot of success. You were a part of that. Uh, you know those NCAA tournament runs and everything like that. So you've seen both sides of it. What's, what's your impression of, of the women's basketball model right now and how the rules are? Yeah, I really like it. I mean, I think the advance in the ball is, is a great thing, and, and I'd love it to go in the men's game. I mean, obviously, Coach is phenomenal at sets and after timeouts, and I think it's something that, um, you know, the men's program at Oakland would really benefit from because he's so good at, at, at timeout situations and advancing the ball, and so I, I love that part of it. Um, you know, the quarters, I'm – Either way is fine with me with the quarters. I mean, it's whether it's a half or a quarter doesn't matter. But I really like the advance of the ball in the last minute. I think that really changes the game and, and gives you a chance to put the ball in the hands of your best player and you know and 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 be able to run something down the stretch and give the best player on the team a chance to win the game. Well, what about the bonus rule with the uh, with the five fouls per quarter and things like that? Neil, I hate that. Okay. <laughs> I, I I can't stand that rule because everything in life now is to take pressure away from people. And so instead of a one-on-one putting pressure on them, no matter what, you're going to get two shots. And I just don't like that. I think there's something about the pressure, the pressure of sports and the pressure of having to step up and make the front end of a one-on-one that I think, you know, I'm not going to go on a whole soapbox on this, but I think as society, we're taking away all the pressure from kids. And when they get in the real world, they don't know how to handle pressure. And so I hate the, the bonus after five foul right? I don't like that at all. I'd love to get back to the one-on-one and have to step up and make plays under pressure. And I, I, I'm with you on that because – you use that as a tool. If you're behind, you can use that as a tool to get back in the basketball game. I, I thought that that was something that I, I was surprised to see a go away. Yeah, but, go you know, to. heaven forbid we hurt someone's feelings <laughs> or they might miss a free throw and instead of getting in the gym and working on it more. So, yeah, so I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I'd love to bring back the one-on-one. And, you know, if you're going to foul someone, they're going to miss it. Well, you hope that they get in the gym more and learn how to make it. No, right, that, that, is, that is true. Uh, so, Jeff, uh, your team uh, this season, you know, as far as Horizon League play goes, Green Bay looks like they've uh, 
reestablish at least the order in their mind, uh, I would think, uh, as, as far as what they are. They're 14-2 and two, uh, in the Horizon League, Cleveland State at 13-2. and two. You guys kind of there in the middle of the pack right now. You know, bring everybody up to, up to date this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I was really pleased. I, I'm still pleased with our team. I mean, I really like this group. Um, you know, we only lose one player off this team in Raquel Ferrer-Bernard. Um, she's a graduate transfer um, that, that plays uh, some point guard, two guard for us. But, you know, the last three weeks, we've, we've really struggled all year with shooting the basketball. That's been a real problem for us, and it's just kind of spiraled from there. You know, you see the game against Robert Morris, and you see the score against a team that on paper, you know, we should beat. And to get beat that bad by Robert Morris, you'd think that maybe the team quit, stopped playing. There's not one second of that game we quit playing. I mean, we are playing hard. We are pressing down the stretch, trying to win the game. And those kids were battling, diving on the floor, doing all the little things it takes, but we could not make a shot. And once it gets in your head, then, you know, it shouldn't affect your defense, but it does. You know, you'd like to say that if you're not making shots, still get back and defend, and, and that's easy to say, but harder to do. And so I think a lot of times when we start missing those shots, then it affects our defense. And, you know, we, we had a possession, um, you know, we had three offensive rebounds, missed all three putbacks, missed the fourth one, got fouled, and missed two free throws. You know, we had a back cut for a layup, and we fumbled it out of bounds. We had a reversal. We threw a great pass to the first row in the stands. I mean, stuff that, you know, and the examples I gave were done by our three best players. And so I think that the harder we try, sometimes the worse it gets. And I think this group wants to win so bad, and they compete so hard that right now we're in our heads, and I think we have to get out of our heads a little bit to, to get back on track. And, you know, I gave them three days off. We don't play again until Saturday, and this time of year that's normally not something I would do, but we gave them three days off at final exams, went on a winning streak, gave them three days at Christmas time, got back after the Milwaukee Green Bay's trip, went on a winning streak. And so I think, you know, these three days, a chance just to regroup, refresh, and, and get back on track again going into the home stretch. And, um, you know, I, I, I love this team. I mean, this is one of my most favorite teams I've ever coached. They they listen, they play hard, they do all the things. They're fun to go to practice, fun to take on the road. You know, the 12 players we have um, on the roster have a combined 3.6 team GPA. Um, so it's just a, it's a really good group, and, and I feel for them because I know how bad they want to win, and you want it so bad for them that sometimes the harder I try, the worse it gets. Uh, yeah. um, you know, and so we've got to we, – we just got to get, get a break. We'll go, get back to practice on Wednesday, tweak some things that we're doing, and hopefully get back on the winning ways. And, and that's got to be frustrating too, Jeff, because, you know, you and I have talked before, and, and you kind of model offensively what you do. You know, from from what camp does and you want to go and you want you want points to be put on the board and everything like that and you know when you're predicated on that it makes you struggle all that much more like you talked about yeah and you know and for us with our team we have to play fast with this team just to give ourselves a chance to score and sometimes that puts our defense at a disadvantage because you know we are trying to play so fast and um, you know, we'll, we'll run really good offense. I know I was telling you this earlier, but I have a lot of coaches that, that watch our games and they'll watch the game, like our Milwaukee games. They boy, we love what you do on offense. We want to steal some of that. We love the plays you run and everything else. And then people watch our Green Bay games say, what are you doing on offense? Well, it's the same offense. It's just the ball's going in against Milwaukee. It's not against Green Bay. Same shots, same offense, same everything. It's just we're really inconsistent in our shooting. And, um, you know, but we have to play fast. That's just the way we've always done that. I think it's a more fun style to play. It's an easier style to recruit to, and I think it's a more fun style to watch. Um, but with this team, we have to play fast to be able to, to get to the rim and, and try to get some open looks and some easy shots. Uh, Jeff, I mentioned the fact that, that you came from the men's side and then stepped over to, to coach the women's team as well. And I, I've always been curious about this, and you know, I've talked about this in the past, the, the transition that you had to make in that, it, it is, you know, it is a different, there, the styles are the same, but different rules. There's different things that are going on as well. You know, what, what, were, what were some of the challenges of that? Well, I, I, you know, I think that, 
it's it's basketball is basketball. Right. But I think in, in the women's game, relationships are much more important than in the men's game. Um, I think that's a really thing. It took me a while to learn that, but I think that's it's really important that you work hard not just building a relationship, coach to player, but building within the team. I think that's a, a really important part of, of the game. You know, I think the second thing is um, in in the in the women's game, there's a lot more. They they listen better, and I mean that's, that's just, is that true? That's is true. That, is that true? <laughs> um, you know, and and so um, you know, so so it, it allows you to be a little bit more structured, I think, in, in in what you do to some degree too. So that was a big a big difference as well. But you know, again, I'm I'm learning every day, and um, you know, thankfully I got the right group to do it with. Yeah, uh, my wife would probably agree with you. Uh, but with me and my sons in the house versus our daughter, she probably echo. Uh, she probably would echo those sentiments, no doubt. Uh, talking to Jeff Tungay here, women's basketball coach for Oakland University. But before before we do let you go, Jeff, I did want to touch on this with you as well. Uh, as Pete Hovland hangs it up, you know his his last year, and you look at Pete, and you look at Greg, and and you look at Paul Rice, and you look at Eric Pogue, who's getting up there in years. You've been around Oakland now for a very very long time how special this group of coaches are because you know we we've talked about this a little more and steve waterfield and i talk about it on the pregame show for for the men's basketball games you know in a in a challenging revenue generation environment i think that's fair to say Mm -hmm. oakland i think has punched above its weight class very very often and i think the big reason for that is the coaches that are here i mean they're the ones that lead the program and they have to find a way you know without maybe not having every other advantage 20 years from now, when, when people look back at Oakland sports, are, are we going to recognize what a special time this was just in the coaching circles? I mean, again, just going through the roster of coaches that we've had here, there's been some great ones. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I've been here 17 years now at Oakland, graduated from Oakland. So 21 of my 53 years have been spent at Oakland. And you know, I always hear people talk about at other schools hiring consultants to do this, do this. We've got them right here. I mean, <laughs> right. you, you want to talk to somebody about success? Well, coach and Paul Rice and Pete Hovland. I mean, yeah. you're not going to find any more. We don't need to go outside. We, we've got it right here. Um, you want to talk about recruiting? We can go talk to them about recruiting. You want to talk about alumni, developing alumni base? They're all right there. And so I think we're, we're very fortunate to have resources that other people have to pay for. Um, right. We've got them right there because, again, you know, times are tough. Budget is tough. And and times are really tough budget-wise at Oakland right now. And thankfully for those type of resources, we don't have to go outside. We've got them right in our own building. And so, you know, it's, it's a special group. It's a special group of people. And, um, you know, those guys that you mentioned, they all could have went somewhere else. Yeah. And they choose to stay at Oakland. And I think that says a lot about their love for Oakland and their love for and passion for Oakland University. And, you know, it's the same love I share. And, you know, we go to work every day wanting to do what's best for Oakland University. Yeah, I, I would echo those sentiments, especially to being on the inside for a long time now. You see, that's that's the thing that strikes me because that's not like that everywhere. No. Where people, you know, Oakland is the thing. They put that first. But not necessarily what's, you know, but not necessarily what's best for you per se. You put Oakland first and then you kind of work backwards from there. It doesn't go on everywhere. Well, let me give you an example of that. I mean, we've got, um, you know, I hear stories in our league about the relationship between the women's coach and the men's coach. And, you know, there's a lot of problems in that where if coach needs something, all he has to do is call me. If I need something, all I got to do is call him. And there's times that he'll adjust practice for us. We'll adjust it for him. And I think that's the thing that makes Oakland unique is that every coach is willing to work together. And it's not about just their program. It's bigger than that. And I think that's what separates. I think a lot of schools, 
are so focused on their program that they forget everything else that's going on. I think the thing that makes Oakland very special is people truly care about every program and will do whatever it takes to help those programs succeed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jeff, I certainly do appreciate the time. I know you're passionate about the 288 burger here. I am. Uh, and, I am. My, or, my order well. is already in. Uh, yeah, my absolutely. Order's already so, in, so. So I'll, let you, I'll let you go get to that. Jeff, thanks, my friend. All right, thanks, Appreciate Neil. it as appreciate always. It. Jeff Tungate, everybody, the women's coach here at Oakland. We'll take a break, and then it's Ask Campy time on Twitter. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Get those questions in. We will get to them coming up next. This is the Greg Campy Show. We are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. At Lincoln of Troy, we always put our customers first. And even with the current vehicle shortage, we're committed to keeping you one step ahead. If you plan to turn in your lease or buy a new vehicle within the next few months, now is the time to come in and place your retail order. Not only does it ensure that you get the vehicle of your choice, but you can save up to $1,200. It's still a great time to buy a Lincoln. And our goal at Lincoln of Troy is to make sure your next vehicle is ready when you are. Let us put you at the front of the line. They say one great thing leads to another, and that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips. It's going to be great. You don't have to play for the Pistons to be treated by the same doctors who keep the team at their best. I can't dunk in size 18 sneakers, but I can play 18 holes. I don't box out defenders in mesh shorts, but my hip is back in the game. I'm not a Piston, but I'm running on all cylinders after back surgery. I am Henry. I am Henry. Henry Ford Health, official team physicians of the Detroit Pistons. And you. Visit henryford.com slash docs. With OU Credit Union's Visa Signature Credit Card, you'll enjoy more cash back on the things you buy most. Receive 3% cash back on groceries, 2% cash back on gas, travel, and universities, and 1% cash back on everything else. You'll also receive $100 when you spend $5,000 within the first three months of card approval. Open your Visa Signature Card today at OUCreditUnion.org and start enjoying the benefits of more cash back. Full details at OUCreditUnion.org. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. He is a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us. And tonight's Greg Campy Show is brought to you in part by farmer-owned Prairie Farms, dedicated farmers, happy cows, real milk, drink local with Prairie Farms. That's Campy's favorite read of the show. Happy cows, right, Camp? Happy cows. Happy cows, man. He's all about it. Uh, Mike Zaretti's in the crowd, too. Big thank you to Mike Zaretti today. Like, uh, all these all these commercials and everything that go so smoothly that I get all the credit for, he hands it over to me, and I just take the credit for it. So it's a perfect setup for me. It's just the way that I like it. Um, it is time for Ask Campy on Twitter, so get those questions in there. And, Camp, before we get to all those, I have to ask you, what was your takeaway from the Super Bowl last night? Oh, it was a great game. A great game. I, I just wish they hadn't called the penalty. I, I'd like to see him. Philadelphia have a chance to come back and win it or tie it or whatever or and then go to overtime. Um, I just, you know, I, half the time you guys see me go nuts during a game at the end of games is because when officials overstep, in my opinion, and, and I know that there are 
I mean, I listen to talk radio too, and I know there's the people that say if it's a, a, a penalty, it has to be called. Well, penalties are subjective by nature. Right. right. Yeah. Did he hold? Did he hold long enough? Did he hold with both hands? Did he hold? You know, was it a charge? Was Trey Townsend against Milwaukee? Was that a charge or a block? Well, if you watch the video, it was a block. But the guy's got a split second chance to make a decision, and it's like I told him, why call anything? You know, why, why call anything? I mean, it, it, if you're not sure, then let it go. You know, why don't make a call that's going to win or lose a game. And you see that in basketball a lot with – you see referees swallow their whistle, you know, with seven seconds to go, and there's, you know, the play with Duke and uh, Virginia – you know, they swallowed their whistle. They didn't call it. They had a reason not to, but that was a foul, so call it. If it's questionable, let it go. Let the kids decide. That, first of all, and I know it was holding and not pass interference, but it wouldn't matter if he held him or not. There wasn't a chance that he could catch that ball. Right. That, that was my point. It yeah. landed in the corner of the end zone. Right. right. There was not a chance that he was going to catch that ball. So why would you end, literally end the game by throwing the flag? Now, if it was egregious – got to call it but so I was disappointed in that but that's you know that's just the the reality of the games are are refereed by humans and humans make mistakes players make mistakes coaches make mistakes referees make mistakes and there are very few referees that I don't have a good relationship with and you would probably doubt that when you watch what's going on but I can't tell you the amount of referees that have contacted me about my mother. I can't tell you the amount of referees that reach out, you know, because you treat each other with respect. Now, it doesn't look like I'm treating them with respect at times, and it's t there's times they're not treating me that way, but that's just the, you know, the game. But when it's all said and done, it's like I said to the referee that made that call. I said, you're going to go back and look at that. You know you're going to be wrong, you know, because... It has an effect on the game. You just gave Trey Townsend his third foul or whatever it was, and, you know, he's one of the best players out there. And Now, Joe Average is going to sit there and say, wow, it shouldn't be like that. Rules are the rules. But, yeah, if if you run a, a red light, that you broke a rule, right? But did you really run a red light when it was green when you entered and all of a sudden it was yellow? You know, those types of, of rules, you know, can be adjudicated differently. If you're going 85 miles an hour in a 70 mile, that's a that's a violation, right? Then there's nothing you're gonna you're not gonna get out of that, or you shouldn't get out of that, right? right? So I I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it was a great football game. Could have been one of the better ones ever. Yeah, and and this happens too in basketball. Real quick to wrap this up though, Camp, it, it, where we talked about because you're the only other person really that I've heard bring that up because that was my main point. That ball landed in the corner of the end zone. Well, he, was, he was never getting there to that. So, right. you know, as you said, and we see this in basketball sometimes where they will wait to see if the ball, if the shot goes in, they will not call the whistle. And you'll see right. it sometimes. A ball go off the front of the rim, then they blow the whistle. They're waiting to see if that ball went in or not. Right. If it does, you know, they, they don't blow it and we move yeah, let's on. Let's move on. Yeah, right. absolutely. So, uh, hashtag Ask Campy on Twitter. Uh, this comes. I got, I got, before you get to that. Yes. I was looking while Jeff was talking, I was looking at the questions, and I got to the first one. And it and this is why 
punctuation and things like that are important. It, it said, ask Campy what he asked to do to get fired. And then I looked at the bottom line, or no, what does he do to get fired? And then I looked underneath, the next line says, up before a game. <laughs> what does he need to do to get fired? Up before a game. That is true. Oh, yeah. So I, I changed my mind of what I was going to say after I read the first line from when I read the second line. Okay. A completely different answer. Well, you know what's funny about that? I actually said that one in. Uh, that, came um, from, that came from an audience member here. Kim, who's, uh, who's here tonight, came up to me and asked me. He said, hey, I got a question for you. You know, what, is, uh, what, is, what does Campy do well, you, to if, get fired if, up before if, a game? If you would have put that all in one sentence, it would have been a lot smoother for me. <laughs> It is and in I had one a, sense, And emotionally, Camp. not on my phone it wasn't. Right. And I'm, I'm looking at it. It's right here, Camp. How does Camp? It's even in quotes. Yeah, well, I'll show you on my phone. The line is fired, <laughs> and then up for a game yeah. is on the second line. It's even in quotes. Gary Gilbert from the Oakland School of Journalism would kill me if I didn't have it in the proper yeah. context right there. So, uh, uh, well, what if, do you do to get fired up for a game? If there's two questions there, uh, I could drink that eight-mile vodka <laughs> on, on, uh, here, and that would probably get me fired. Uh, up before a game, uh, one of the things is it. I'm like I'm. Yours read, reads that way too. Yeah, I mean, swear to God, I looked at. Oh wow. <laughs> um, I don't really do that. I mean, one of the things that we try and teach is consistency. It's the hallmark of greatness, and we tell our kids we try and get them, and you'll see that they don't because. You should do everything exactly the same before every game. If you, you come up with a routine. It's like a free throw. You come up with a routine. You stay within that routine, and that will keep you from being overly pumped up, on, you know, not ready to play. Uh, you've got to be consistent. And so, you know, for me, do I give a better pregame talk sometimes? Yeah. Um, am I more, more emotional in pregame talk sometimes? Yeah. Does it really ever help? I don't know. You know, I really don't know if what I say before a game, you know, fire him up. Coach, go in there and fire him up. I really don't know if I can do that or not. I can fire myself up. I can get red in the face. And, you know, and it works against Detroit because I probably a little different before the Detroit game than I am any other game. Um, but I try and take a read on the room and see how they are and, uh, you know, what I say to him before the game. And then again, you know, we're going to play 34 or five games, I hope. You, you've got to have different messages and different approaches for every one of those games. It's my job to keep them going like this and not like this. And it's a very hard job. Cause, you only go to the well so many times. Right, and right. because I'm like this, you know, my personality is like this. I, you know, I'm an I wear my emotions on a sleeve and, you know, we're getting ready to play Cleveland State and one of their players when we were playing at Cleveland State was yelling stuff to me like I've never seen a player. I mean, I guess if you can boo the president in the in the uh, State of the Union uh, message I, I, in complete lack of, you know, disrespect for authority, I guess on a basketball court you can look at another coach and say some stuff to me. So. Before we played Cleveland State, I was pretty fired up because, you know, the, the disrespect that was shown towards us. And so, you know, I let that emotion come out of me. And I don't know if that 
a hindrance or not. Uh, more questions here for hashtag Ask Campy. Matt uh, at Horizon Matt says, uh, Ask Campy, a lot of Oakland fans are concerned with the seven-person rotation, especially after seeing that you're willing to go only six people in a game if someone isn't available. Any chance we see a little depth or have players shown how they're going to play and now we're here? A lot of fans? What does that mean? Uh, I don't know. I'm just reading. Do you guys feel that way? No, speak up. No, I mean, my job's to win. So I'm. we played six guys the other night because Rocket couldn't play and because I went about that game as if it was the, a tournament game because it was a must win. If we win that game, we can still win the league championship. If we win that game, we can still finish easily, more easily into the top four. And, it, you know, we're playing a team that's now tied for first place on the road, and I went about it to win the game. And, you know, I heard a bunch of stuff about, well, we only played six guys, that's why we lost. And I couldn't figure out what that meant. Well, they got tired, that's why they couldn't make shots. Well, we were only tired on offense because defensively we played the last five minutes of the game in the overtime with unbelievable energy and enthusiasm. Ose Price made an unbelievable defensive play when their good player uh, – number 10 Freeman Freeman drove the lane and we doubled him and Jose Jose faked at this guy and went to this guy and Freeman threw it right to him um you know we had tremendous energy defensively we just couldn't make a shot so what's if you're a fan and you're mad and you don't understand why why couldn't they make a shot well they were they played too many minutes they were tired um you, and you have the right to believe that. I don't believe that. I don't think they were tired. Um, I used the timeout, the first timeout of the second half with four and a half minutes to go in the, ga in the game. And there, so 20 seconds later, there was a media timeout. So they had six minutes to sit there and rest, you know, before we went into the last three minutes of the game in the, in the overtime. And, you know, I mean, six minutes is a long time. So... I didn't feel that we were tired. I didn't feel that we we missed shots because we missed them. And it's like we were talking earlier here. Purdue didn't score the last. Well, let's go back to, to Milwaukee. Milwaukee scored four points in the last uh, four and a half minutes of the game. No, last five minutes of the game, they scored four points. In the overtime, they scored five points. That's all they scored, nine points in ten minutes. So if, if you were to take that for a game, nine points in 10 minutes would be 36 points for the game. That would be, that's not good, right? So was Milwaukee tired? And Milwaukee plays 10 guys. So you can't, I mean, from, a, from the guy when you're in charge and you've got to look at the analytics and that, you can't put your fandom into it. There's a reason that we didn't make shots. And you've got to come up with what the real reason is, not with, well, they were tired, you know. And 35 games is a long time. Jalen Moore, this season we've played less minutes. Our, Trey Townsend's played less minutes this year than he did last year. Jalen Moore's played less minutes this year than he did last year. We played a deeper roster, but we've been, you know, we, we've been nicked and cut up all year long. Different guys have had a chance. It's time to win now. And I'm going to play the guys that deserve to be in there. 
if you look at the last three minutes of the Green Bay game, there were some guys that didn't perform. And I'm not going to put them out there in a game like that when we had a 10 or 12-point lead. I take Jalen off the floor, and that 12-point lead goes to six or four against a team like Milwaukee because they will press us then. And then everybody's, well, why the hell did you do that? Why, you know, why did right. you take – it's a result-oriented business. We lost. My fault. Okay. I'll figure out how to fix that, and you can be mad at me. Uh, let's knock these down here real quick before we cut to the break. Pittsburgh Marty says, if we come down the stretch of the season with the last four games at home, what do your practices and game prep look like for the rest of the year? What becomes the focus of practice preparation, and how does that change from earlier in the year? Well, because we sub and we play two minute minutes, we're not going to do much at practice. <laughs> is you don't that, want to, is that be, the answer all those people wanted to hear? We don't want them to be tired, right? We don't <laughs> want them to be tired, so why practice, right? <laughs> um, in all honesty, though, we do we cut at this time of the year uh, our practice today, and Trey, you know, Trey got hurt at the end of the Milwaukee game, and, and he came to practice, and he thought he was going to be okay. He woke up the next day, and he, his foot can't move his foot. So, you know, he, he had x-rays and everything. Obviously, nobody's called me and said anything was broken, so I got to believe everything's good because they only tell me the bad stuff, right? Um, so he stood and watched practice today. He shot and stood and watched. Um, Lampman, can't, he can't do a lot of the drills because we're worried about the knee. So, you know, we've got a skeleton crew out there. So we, we got there. We spent the first 15 minutes looking at uh, the personnel for IUPUI. We looked at video of every one of their players, what their strengths, what their weaknesses are, re refreshing their memory on the Sky Report. We shot for 10 minutes. We did a transition drill. We did a rebounding drill, um, which each one of those lasted less than five minutes. And then we did a drill called ODO, which is we played offense, played a possession of defense, played a possession offense, and that was just to get some running in. And then we put two minutes on the clock, and we did a transition two-minute shooting drill, and that was it. We were done in 45 minutes. And we'll come back tomorrow, and we'll do something very similar to that other than instead of the offense and defense, we'll, we'll play, you know, 10 minutes of guarding what IUPUI did to our zone the first time we played them, and we'll guard all their out-of-bounds plays. And that'll be it. So we're, we'll, we'll do very little game preparation from now on. We've played everybody. It'll be more film. You know, the preparation will be more film. Look at this. This is what they did. Tomorrow before practice, we'll show we have a film session called Good Bad, and we'll show them 10 bad clips of what we did against them. Really bad. And then we'll show them 10 clips of what we did really good against them. We always end with the good because we want them to end with a positive. All right, we'll take, we'll take the last break, and then we'll come back. We'll wrap this last question up, and then we'll take a look ahead to this week as we're coming down the stretch of the Horizon League season. We'll be back with more of the Greg Campy Show. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here in Michigan, we're used to keeping ourselves busy all winter long. Whether that's enjoying mugs of hot chocolate by the fireplace or a late night of movie watching. And at DTE, we want to help keep that winter fun going while saving you money. With our online interactive home, you can find ways to save throughout yours, from your kitchen to your living room. Stay cozy and save. Head to DTEinteractivehome.com today. DTE. They say consistency is the key to success. They weren't wrong. 
So how about grabbing a beer that's consistently smooth, consistently refreshing, and consistently light? You might just find that the road to success can be pretty enjoyable. Michelob Ultra, the perfect balance of taste and refreshment and only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. At Lincoln of Troy, we always put our customers first. And even with the current vehicle shortage, we're committed to keeping you one step ahead. If you plan to turn in your lease or buy a new vehicle within the next few months, now is the time to come in and place your retail order. Not only does it ensure that you get the vehicle of your choice, but you can save up to $1,200. It's still a great time to buy a Lincoln. And our goal at Lincoln of Troy is to make sure your next vehicle is ready when you are. Let us put you at the front of the line. They say one great thing leads to another. And that's especially true when you visit a Great Clips salon. When you sit down for a haircut with the skilled and friendly stylist at one of our thousands of convenient Great Clips locations, they'll not only make your hair look great, they'll make you feel great too. And that's something you can't help but share with the world. Download our online check-in app today and opt in to get a ready next text when you're up next. Great Clips. It's going to be great. Coach Greg Campy, my name is Neil Rule. Happy you guys are with us out here, also on Twitter as well. Let's wrap up the Ask Campy segment of the show. This one comes from Craig Hanford. He says, Ask Campy, do you find that the players outside the top seven in the rotation are able to find a more effective role when playing mainly with each other, or excuse me, mainly with other starters than when playing with only other bench players? I'm not quite sure I understand let me try that one again. So the players outside the top seven in the rotation, do All you right, find so that they're more effective when they play with other starters or when they play with the other bench players? Um, I, I don't find them effective at all. That's why they're not playing. So if, if they were effective, no matter who they would be playing with, they would be playing. Because if you think I just want to play six guys, you're wrong. But my job is to win. And... Their job is to get good enough that they can be in the rotation. And every guy on that team, the, the only two guys that I would say have a complaint that haven't gotten game time would be Chol and Darius Sherman. I think both of them, if I were them, I could come into Campy's office and say, I never got a chance to prove myself in the game. My answer would be, you proved yourself every day at practice. And they would look at me, if I were them, I'd look at the coach and say, I'm better in games than I am in practice. Give me a chance. I wouldn't buy that, but that's what I would say to me. All right? <laughs> so the, the answer to that question is every player knows what I expect out of them, what I want from them. And they're – so after the, after the Green Bay game, I have a player who – has played a lot of minutes, brings the ball, crosses half court, picks his dribble up, gets trapped and throws it away, and then complains about the player wasn't where he threw it to, okay? Which is the, the kid, mate, the kid's a great kid. I, I love every one of those kids. They're great kids. He's frustrated, and that's why he complained, right? So it's not like we just, you sucked, you're never going to play again. 
he was brought in. Jeff Smith brought him in, showed him film, showed, you know, this is, well, how could you do this? You know, you, you, you were taught in third grade not to, I know, I panicked, whatever. So there, there's conversation. There's trying to make them better. That's what we practice every day for. We try and get better. We try and teach. But at some point, at this stage, this is big boy basketball. You've got to step up and play. And if you've played 125 to 200 minutes and you have not, you know, one of the things that there is a plus minus, okay? Every player has a plus minus. When you're on the floor, we know how many points to the plus we are or how many points to the minus we are. And that's the one stat you can't. Can't hide it. Yep. You can't hide that. You can say, well, I'm, I'm one for 12 from the three because I only get one a game, and it's hard to make the first one. And then, I, then you take me out because I couldn't make that shot. And then, you know, that's fine. I, I, I get that. And, and there's some truth to that. There is some truth to that. Um, but there's no truth to it. There's no manipulating the plus minus. When you're on the floor, you're minus 72 through 100 minutes. Things aren't going well when you're out there. And my job is to make sure that we're on the plus of that. All right, Camp. Uh, this week, uh, second from last weekend of the season, four regular season home games all left at the O-Reno Wednesday IUPUI, uh, a game that when we played down there in Indianapolis – you know, Jalen Moore had to save the day. We got an overtime, got the win there. Detroit Mercy on Friday in. Should be a pretty hype crowd at the arena. Uh, that game will be a lot of fun. What are, you, what are you looking for this week other than two wins? Well, sitting there watching our game at IUPUI uh, and then watching it on film afterwards, like preparing for tomorrow or Wednesday, um, we really played bad. And I didn't, sitting there watching it, I didn't see that. I, you know, I, I didn't. We we just we really were bad. We weren't where we're supposed to be. We struggled to make shots. We didn't run good offense, and we got what we deserved. And we Jalen saved the day. We found a way to win. And then two nights later, we played one of the best halves of basketball we'll play all year at Detroit. So it's it's amazing how oh we played so bad we're going to stink Monday, right? Now every game's an entity of itself, and you have to be prepared and you have to come to play. And if we don't come to play Wednesday. They're going to beat us. I don't care what their record is, who they are. If we don't come to play Wednesday, they'll beat us, just like Milwaukee lost to Green Bay last Monday. And then, obviously, Detroit Mercy and Friday. No, we don't need a lot of words for that one, right? If we're not ready for that, we got issues. You know, that, and that's going to be a big game for us. If we can find a way to win Wednesday, uh, a win Friday gives us 11 wins. It guarantees that we'll at least have a home game. Uh, well, it doesn't guarantee us because we could finish fifth, which we would either have a home game or a bye on Tuesday night. We'll either have a bye or we'll have a home game if we can win Wednesday and Friday. So those are the stakes. Final minute of the show. Got anything else, Kent, before we get out of here? No, I, I, I think it's been a fun year. I mean, it's amazing. We play to our competition more than any team I've ever coached. I, I, there are no blowouts. There are no, you know, the game at at Cleveland State way back when Jalen was hurt, we got beat pretty bad. Uh, every other game we've played, we don't win big and we don't lose big. We find a way at the end. We've played four overtime conference games out of 16. That's every fourth game's been overtime. We've won non-overtime games at the buzzer three times. 
So every game, it's got to be nerve-wracking for a fan, but it's got to be fun. It's, it's competitive. And, it, and I really enjoy this team. I really enjoy them. A great group of kids, and uh, it's been a fun season. All right, well, big thank you to Greg Hessen back in our 1270 AM, the Bet Studios. Big thank you to all of you as well for coming out to the Greg Campy Show live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Well, see you later.